Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this special Friday edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Paul Dottino, and Lance Meadow with you at 201-939-4513. We figure we give you one more three-way program here because, and I've been hesitant to make any proclamations Uh-oh. on this. Are you going to make the jump? I'm, Pearson's rolling his eyes at me, Uh-oh. but yes, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna take a step over that white line. We're starting video on Monday. It's happening. I'm staring at the camera. It's functioning. It's plugged in, and we're starting video on Monday. You understand? You're now dangling from the end of the plank with that. Yes. And the plank has a couple of cracks in it. Yes, I, I know. Our top men have finally gotten this thing straightened out, and we should be ready to go. So, guys, yesterday, Jonathan Casillas and I, we did most of our show on the Washington offense because I feel like that's been kind of underplayed this whole week, understandably so. So I figure let's focus today before we get to your calls again at 201-939-4513 on the Washington defense. But, Paul, why don't we try to update people on the latest injury news? I don't think we have a ton that's new Darius Slayton did not practice again today. He has an illness. They hope he'll be back and ready to go for Sunday. And then we'll just have to wait for the injury report, which might come out by the end of the show. Probably not, but probably around 2 o'clock today. If we'll he. have an injury report, and we'll see who's in, who's out. But Brian Dable still said most of these guys are trending in the right direction. Now, we've heard that before, and some guys then weren't active, even though they were trending in the right direction. My guess is we're going to have a bunch of guys with that cue for questionable next to their name on this injury report. And we're probably not going to know for sure on some of these guys until Sunday. Yeah, that's true, John. I just got done watching the positional drills as I hustled into the studio. Uh, and I posted video on my Twitter page of uh, Bellinger doing tight ends drills. Oh, I feel super confident he's playing. I feel super confident I do. Neil's playing. I do. Those are the two guys I feel best about. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, and in fact, uh, we talked to Andy Bischoff earlier this morning who said the thing about Bellinger was in his mind he just had to get used to the the visor and how much tint they're going to have in the visor and if it gets cloudy Bellinger told us earlier in the week it's about the sweat on the visor that kind of bothered him a little bit but I agree with you I think he's back and Neil and Bellinger together being able to uh, assist Barkley in running off of that edge The Giants are a right-handed team. When your quarterback's a right-handed quarterback, that means you're usually going to be strong side right and you're going to favor running to that side. Well, to have Neal and Bellinger back to lead the way for Barkley could not come at a better time because that left defensive end position is either going to be manned by Chase Young for as we've been told, and folks, uh, if you want to listen to Giants Huddle on the preview, uh, John was it John Kime, yeah. Lance? Mm-hmm. John Kime, yeah. From ESPN told us yesterday that if Young even plays, he's probably on a snap count of 12 to 16 snaps. Now, he usually plays right defensive end, though. In, in the formation that they've been using so far this year, Sweat's been at the right side. No, I know. And but, Williams has been on the left yeah, side. But Young hasn't played. Correct, at this point. He is not. And Young has always played right end. So So I would not assume that Young's going to come back and play left end. What I'm saying is, if Young plays, he's in limited snaps. Correct. If he doesn't play, I would pound the living crap out of the left end of the Washington defense. 
because the Giants are a right-handed uh, running team and their left defensive end, Williams, Smith Williams, is not very stout. So that's a very big key to watch in this game. Lance, uh, impact of these injuries, obviously Slayton, you hope he's 100% if he does come back and play. And, you know, you don't know if this is a cold, is this like a stomach thing where you're going to be dehydrated, you just don't know. So your thoughts on the guys that the Giants could get back? Yeah, well, clearly Evan Neal has been out the last four games, so it would be nice to get him back and start to put some of the pieces together of this offensive line that really set the tone early in the season. I think the bigger question is not so much on the right tackle position, it's left guard. Bredesen, there's no guarantee that he returns. All we know at this point is his practice window has started, and Dable didn't necessarily seem overly confident no. that he would go. So do you have a combo of Nick Gates and John Feliciano, assuming Feliciano can return? Does he play center and Gates goes to left guard? Do you like what Gates gave you at center? Do you keep him at center? Remember, Feliciano also has experience at guard. So you have some options there, but I'm looking at that combo maybe more so than right tackle, given I think Evan Neal had indicated when he spoke to the media earlier this week that there was a very good chance he was going to suit up. I think he was relatively confident the week before if it wasn't Thanksgiving yes, I agree. and the quick turnaround, right, yep, guys? He agreed. probably would have had a legitimate shot to play Dallas if they were playing on a normal Sunday. And Bellinger, the only other thing I'll add with Bellinger is Bellinger, it wasn't just the the visor. He also talked about, interestingly, the strain of the eye when you play football and how you're putting a little bit more pressure on the eye because under normal circumstances when you're just healing, you're not out there, you're not worried about taking contact, you're not worried about locating where the football is. So that was the other thing that he talked about getting adjusted to, which once again, I don't think this is going to be a huge obstacle in his way, but it's really it's that and the visor combined that he said he had to navigate as he makes his way back on the field. But, yeah, those two guys played integral roles in helping the run and established that kid Sicily. But as Paul mentioned with respect to the combinations and whether or not Chase Young comes back, the bottom line is, as a unit, the commanders have been very solid against the run. We're talking about a top-10 defense. The last guy that had 100 scrimmage yards against Washington as a running back, and I'm taking into consideration, of course, the receiving and the running, was Derrick Henry, and that was several weeks ago. So they have been very consistent and stingy in that department, regardless of whether or not they may have a few question marks. And John Kime, who Paul referenced, the one thing he brought up was they're relying much more heavily on their secondary in the absence of Cole Holcomb, one of their middle linebackers, and they've held up in that regard. Even though they're going with some smaller personnel, part of that is they have veteran secondary players who – they're not shy in terms of mixing it up in the run game. So that, I think, has also helped offset some of the issues that they've had to entail over the last few weeks. Yeah, my guess is that we're going to see Nick Gates at left guard. That would be my mm -hmm. anticipation. I would think so. We'll see. Um, but, Lance, you kind of made the transitions. Let's do it. This Washington defense this year has been good. Uh, they've played very good football. You look at these last few games they've played, they've given up 13 points, 10 points, 21 points, 20 points, 16 points, 21 points, 7 points, 21 points. So they have not given up more than 21 points since, by my count, October 2nd when they lost to the Cowboys 25-10. to 10. So, you know, that's something that when you take a look at this, you know, their defense has been very, very good, and I think... Their front is the strength of what they do, obviously. And I think if Chase Young plays, it'll probably only be in pass rush situations on third downs. They're not going to put him out there to try to stop the run, right? So, you know, you take a look at what they do, and Jonathan Allen's going to line up over left guard. So if Nick Gates is there, he's going to have his handful. Deron Payne's going to be kind of over the center and the Giants' right guard. And then Montez Sweat's going to be outside. So... Everything starts up front with them. They do not blitz a lot. They do run a lot of stunts. They kind of run play similar up front as, as the Cowboys did with a little bit less movement. So, you know, this to me, guys, the matchup here, and I know they're not going against each other. Who's going to dominate this game? Is it going to be Sweat, Allen, Payne, or is it going to be Williams, Lawrence, Thibodeau? That's kind of, to me, what's going to dictate the pace of this game, which front on defense can be the most impactful, not only stopping the run, but also Lance getting after the passer. Yeah, well, I think you bring up an interesting point because both of these teams, interestingly, have leaned heavily on the run, especially Washington has completely transformed its offense ever since Heineke took over. They're much more leaning on that three-headed monster they have in the backfield, and we'll see whether or not Antonio Gibson plays. I know he's right now a, big of a, a bit of a question mark on the injury report, but yeah, can they establish the run? 
either offensive line based on these defensive fronts. And then the other thing is how many of these teams take chances down the field a little bit too? Because I feel in order to separate themselves from the rest of the pack, somebody's going to have to have some type of an explosive play through the air. Is it Terry McLaurin? Is it Darius Slayton, who certainly has shown some flashes over the last few weeks? And that's all dependent on Daniel Jones and Taylor Heineke having opportunities to survey the field. So I feel as if whether or not either offensive line could give their quarterback an opportunity to take a shot down the field could very well be the difference maker, especially, guys, think about it. If both teams want to run the football and they want to methodically move down the field with these 10-play, 80-yard drives, and you know more often than not that probably will create an opportunity for a mistake to come to the forefront, the way to get around that is to have some type of a big pass play, like what the Giants had against the Cowboys when Slayton had the 44-yard grab and then Barkley ran it in a few plays later. Can either of these teams develop that? That could very well be the difference in who wins and who loses this game. I would not be surprised. Yeah, because, Paul, to me, the, both these teams, and especially Washington, is very happy to just run for three yards, run for four yards, and then have a third and three. Like that, They're very happy to do that. I think the Giants will be pretty happy to do that over the course of this game. And those third and medium, third and short conversions are going to be very important. And whether or not those teams can run for three and four yards on first or second down to get in those positions in addition to those shot plays that Lance was I agree about. with your premises. I would only take it one step further, and that is Washington has been specifically successful this year running off of both edges. They do not run as well between the tackles, although Robinson That's is, a, Robinson's gonna Robinson run, is yeah. a ferocious runner who yeah. will try to grind out some of those interior runs. But for the most part this year, you look at Washington's propensity, they are a tackle-to-edge team on both sides. That's where the predominant number of their runs are coming from. And so what you've got to be aware of if you're playing in the secondary, okay, those corners got to come up and run support. And by the way, that's where the Giants have had issues stopping the run this year, tackling outside. Yes, Mm -hmm. see, bingo. Now you know where I'm going with this. That, to me is even bigger than your thought about Lawrence and Williams doing what they got to do inside. Yeah, they got to be stout against Robinson. But because of Washington's propensity to run off the edges, if the corners and the outside linebackers and uh, uh, Ward, if Heidi Ward, don't start setting that edge and sealing off that edge, John, they're not going to have to run inside. They'll run outside all day. So if the Giants don't shut that down... It's a problem. Robinson is there between the tackle guy, though. Yes. He runs mostly inside, he's a and he's been yeah. their primary back for the last six, seven weeks. Last two weeks in particular. Well, 100 yards last week against mm-hmm. Atlanta. But, and but, he can catch the ball in the backfield, too. But they, um, they, they are definitely a run-oriented team, just like the Giants are. And, you know, John, I, I asked this of, uh, of uh, Kime yesterday. Is there any surprises here? I mean, do we both know what Washington's going to do, and what New York is going to do. Is there any chance that somebody surprises us tomorrow and does something, or Sunday, and does something out of character? He said no. He said no. No, I agree. I I don't think so either. Yeah, to me, guys, this is the hallmark of a... Steel cage match. 17-16 game midway through the fourth quarter, and whichever team can get to 23 points is going to win. 20 may even do it. Yeah, 20 may do it. 20 may do it. 20 may do it. You're right, Lance. And I think... You're going to get down to it, and it's going to be either which quarterback makes the big mistake or which team can manage, to Lance's previous point, a couple of big plays. And those one or two big plays are going to swing this game one way or the other, and that's the team in the end that's going to walk away with a victory. Takeaway ratio, penalties. Yeah, that too. You know, Third mid- down, red zone, miss, all that. Miss call. That, you know. yeah, anything that impacts field positioning yeah. could be humongous in this game. Uh, clear in the low 40s, I believe, is the forecast. So thank goodness for that. The rain is on Saturday, not on Sunday. So I just want it to be a clean game. I, I, I said this on a Washington show uh, the other day. I honestly hope that the game is just played by the players on the field and we don't see either a phantom call or a phantom missed call, if you will, that winds up being the big play in the game that determines the outcome. That would just really stink because this game is going to be two teams, and you'll appreciate this, uh, Lance, uh, Texas Cowbell match. <laughs> I know, I, I know that, that's yes. a throwback for you. Uh, that's, that's the kind of game we're going to see, and I want it to be determined by blood, guts, sweat, and tears. I don't want it determined by a flag.
Well, both of these teams are very physically minded. So they're a bit of mirror images to one another yeah. with respect to their style of play, really on both fronts. That's what I think is a bit interesting. Clearly, Washington has played better football as of late because they've won six of seven. The Giants have lost three or four. But as John referenced earlier, you'd be hard-pressed to find a game where the Washington defense really unraveled. Even going back to earlier this season, they've kept everybody within that 22-point barometer. So it's not as if the Giants need to go in this game thinking we've got to score 30 to win. I don't think there's an overwhelming amount of pressure like when you face the Lions or the Cowboys and you say, okay, your offense has to do more. They could get away with an ugly, low-scoring affair, but you still put a lot more pressure on yourself to play clean football, mistake-free football, because if you give Washington the ball in your own territory like you did with Dallas or you have a turnover or, to your points, you have a few penalties that change field positioning maybe through special teams, that's when all of a sudden things get very iffy. So I don't want to say the Giants have to play a perfect game, but they cannot be in the gift-wrapping handout season for the holidays a little bit earlier than expected if they want to then walk away with a win and gift wrap opportunities here for Washington. Would both of you guys agree that between, obviously we'll separate Washington for a minute, Eagles games, Vikings, and Colts, the Washington games should be the lowest scoring games on the rest of the Giants' schedule? Yes or no? You're talking about both teams combined? maybe, Maybe Indianapolis just because they can't score at all. Maybe, but yeah, I mean. Right? I mean, these two Washington games will probably be the lowest scoring, toughest battle royals that the Giants will face the rest of the way. Again, I think we're going to see a lot. I think both teams are going to try to stick with the run. You're going to see a lot of three and outs early in this game where you get the third and seven or third and six after a two-yard run and a two-yard run. and (laughs) A cloud cloud of rubber pellets. And and then then one of these defensive tackles will pressure the quarterback and they'll have to throw it away or, you know, something like that. Yeah. You know, it'll probably be like 6-3 at halftime or something like that as long as, and this goes back, to, this is where I was going, Lance, off of your point, you don't give the opposing team easy opportunities to score. That's the worst thing you can do in this game. If you're both these teams, make the other one sustain long drives down the field to score touchdowns. Do not make it easy on them because neither one of these teams has proven that they can do that on a consistent basis. So make them do that. If I'm a coach, I'm telling my guys in this game, guys, if we punt, it's okay. A punt's okay in this game. Yeah. I think our defense can hold up. A punt is okay. But don't give, to to quote Lance Meadow, don't give him gifts. By the way, both of these punters have good legs. They do. Now you got to cover. Yeah. Yeah, and Washington's got a good special teams unit, and they use Gibson on kickoff returns once again. We'll see whether or not he plays – that's obviously a question mark. He was an illness, Lance? Was that he had? Was he illness or is he something else? Gibson, I felt, was something else. But let me bring up the list here. Yeah, Gibson was a foot injury. He was foot. That's right. Yeah. He was a foot. Okay, you're Yeah, right, he's you're right, limited right. as of Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. That's his breakdown over these last two days. We'll see what he gets in, if anything, for Friday. Remember, they do have a few other running backs that I was referencing. It's not just, of course, Brian Robinson. They've been using Jonathan Williams a little bit, too. And here's the other guy, Curtis Samuel is used out of the backfield, too. Mm-hmm. Paul yep. was talking about off the edge. He's a guy that they can mix in. He's not going to run up the gut, of course, but they could get him on a handoff, change of direction type of situation. Oh, here we go. Where maybe he gets some yardage. Uh, John Kine, 15 minutes ago. Game status is for Sunday. What do you got? Out. Dax Milne or Dax yep. Milne? Dax Milne. Milne, thank yep. you. Milne from uh, BYU. Benjamin St. Juice will not play, and Trey Ooh. Turner is not going to play. Oh. I would, the, the cornerback thing wouldn't get me excited because the Giants can't take advantage of cornerback. <laughs> Anyway. Oh my! And St. Juice had been out yeah. too, so uh, it's not like that's a surprise. Yeah, they had um. Oh, geez, like the 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 name escapes me. The guy who started from last week, uh, he was a guy who hadn't played a lot, but he started outside. Wild from Goose last week? Huh? No, wasn't who's not Wild Goose? No, somebody else started he, outside. If if he's forced to come in and play snaps, that is put a red dot on his head. And Chase Young and um, Antonio Gibson are being labeled as questionable, and they will be evaluated okay. on Sunday. So that's where they are with that. Um, I think you talk about Christian him. Holmes. Christian right? Holmes, thank you. Yeah, that he's is his mainly name. been a special teamer, and they moved him up. Yeah, yeah he's the so. rookie. Yeah, Correct, sure. seventh round pick. Yes. Yeah. So. 
Cosme, I guess, would play for Turner. It's one of those right? deals where I think if you want to attack either one of these teams that's in the secondary, I just don't think either team is built well to yeah. attack the other team in the secondary. To be or has the desire to do that, right, too. Correct. Yes. You know, I mean, that's what it really comes down to. I, I don't know if it's necessarily the fact that they can't do it. It's just the question is, John, do they want to do it? Because here's the other thing, real quickly, that I think ties into what you were talking about where – you don't want to give gifts, as I was mentioning, because you want them to have to earn it 80-some-odd yards. Washington's number one in time of possession. Yep. They're more than comfortable, they once are. again, playing that style of football. But it's the question of, do you tell Washington, okay, you guys want to monopolize the football? You want to make sure that you hold on to it? You better finish with touchdowns here because we're more than content. We'll hold you to three field goals, and maybe if we score a touchdown and a field goal, we can walk away with a W. So what does Washington do at the end of those drives? It's not about do they yeah. pile up the minutes. Can they actually finish with right. some scores? And don't That's let, the question. And don't let Terry McLaurin wreck the game. Because exactly. he's the one guy through the yep. air in this game that can wreck a game. He's that good. Yep. Don't let him wreck the game. Let you know if they want to throw it to Deami Brown and you know whoever else they're rolling out there. Whatever, deal with it. You live with it. If they make plays, okay. Don't let Terry McLaurin roll you out of this because that's the one thing that can really beat. And you. that's why I think it's important that Moreau plays for the Giants yeah. because his experience is is going to give him a little bit of a better chance to compete. Rather than putting wow. with poor Rodarius Williams. Now I give him credit. Had the pick in Dallas, mm -hmm. played pretty well. You know I'm high on him, but he's as, as raw as can be. I mean McLaurin and Moreau went up against each other in practice for years, so they're going to know each other very well. I'm not sure whose advantage that is. My guess it might be advantage of McLaurin Probably. because he, he knows Moreau's uh, tendencies. But we'll see. What's up? I'm John Wall and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 201-939-4513. Let's get to the phones. Uh, first, a reminder, though, make sure you go subscribe to the Giants Huddle podcast. Right up there now, the top episode on that feed should be my interview with Jonathan Vilma, who's calling the game this week on Fox. If it's not up already, it will be shortly. We have our Friday preview episode. <clears throat> Lance and Paul, they've referenced the interview already. Talk to John Kime, who covers Washington. That is up there, Pearson. That's up there right now. So make sure you scroll back and get that Vilma interview in as well. That's the previous episode on the feed. But Paul Lance talked to John Kime. He covers the Commanders for ESPN. I talked to Giants cornerback Darnay Holmes about the secondary. Uh, his, I know he didn't get the interception, but he caused the interception that Julian Love got last week against Dallas. And then Bob Papa talks to Brian Dable. So make sure you go check that out, the Giants Little Podcast. It's on your favorite podcast platform, the Giants app, or go to Giants.com slash podcast to find it. And all of our other podcasts, including draft season, we had a new episode of that uh, post on Monday as we start getting ready for the NFL draft. All right, 201-939-4513. Let's get to it. Let's get to the calls. We got a bunch of guys on the line here and start off with James in Georgia. He'll lead us off. James, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Yo. Um, I, I agree with all your points. Let me take the speaker. I agree with all your points uh, that y'all was talking about, and I was going to talk about the uh, difference in the game or what's going to be the difference to victory, I guess. Sure. Go ahead. Um, and uh, whoever ends up playing uh, number one wide receiver for us, basically, because Slayton's sick, isn't he? It's going to be, so look, if James, if Slayton plays, he'll be number one because there ain't, yeah. ain't much else there, dude. Right. So my first so my first feeling was if uh, McLaurin and whoever plays number one for us, I even know Kenny Galladay is getting paid to be our number one, um, they have to be equally matched. We can't let McLaurin wreck the game, like you said, and 
nobody from our team matches production. So if somebody matches whatever their number one guy does, then we can still win the game. James, know? if someone from the but Giants wide receiver core can match <clears throat> Terry McLaurin in this game, that's a huge win for the Giants. Huge win. Right, 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 right. And and um, if we can, if the defense can contain McLaurin to three to five catches for under 50 yards and we don't have anybody that individually matches that, then that's a that's a key to victory. And the thing well. about McLaurin too, James, he's McLaurin's a big play guy too. I think what he was eighth, I think, in yards per per, per seventh per catch. and average. So seventh and average. He, he he's not just a possession guy; he will get down the field on you too. Yeah. The interesting part mm-hmm. is that in his fifty-four catches, he's only got two touchdowns. So he doesn't necessarily find the end zone. Washington doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. They don't have a lot of touchdowns. What they do is they get him to move them down the field. That's what he does. He eats up chunk yardage. Yeah, well, and that's why I think to the last caller's point, you got to be careful in terms of, well, if McLaurin doesn't reach this total yardage, then that's an indication. Because the bottom line is if Washington's pounding the football, guys, then they may not have to utilize McLaurin. So a lot of it also depends to me on the Washington run game. If the Giants do a good job containing the run game, then McLaurin's numbers in conjunction to the Giants receivers, I think comes to the forefront more. But if Washington is moving the ball on the ground, their need for McLaurin overall, meaning I still think they need at least one explosive play, but if they get him 60 receiving yards and they're running the ball effectively, that may be good enough for them. So a lot of it is still based on what the Giants' defense does against the run, not just McLaurin out on an island. Well, I do believe our run uh, game can match theirs. You know if need be. Well, James, look, this is strength versus strength, right? Both teams want to run the ball, and both teams right. have big guys inside. Now, the Giants' run defense this year, the overall numbers have not been good. But if you look back at the last few games, you know, Ezekiel had a couple of chunk plays against Dallas, but they controlled Tony Pollard. You know, yep. Detroit didn't run the ball a ton. The Texans didn't run the ball a ton against them with, with great success, and they did a good job against Seattle. So I think the Giants' run defense is trending up a little bit. There was a bit of a hiccup last week, mind you. Right. But this is still, to me, this is the Giants' strength personnel-wise on defense is up front. The, the Washington strength defense is up front, and both teams want to run the football. So this is strength versus strength in a lot yeah. of ways. The Giants' defense has gotten better against the run since they moved Jalen Smith from weak side to middle linebacker. And thanks for the call, James. Appreciate okay? it. Okay, and so that's that's something you have to consider. In fact, Smith had a season-high 10 tackles against Dallas on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was talking to, to John Agogo, you know, his, his position coach today, and he was raving to me about Jalen Smith. Well, Ooh. because he's a downhill fill-the-gaps linebacker. Well, he was he was raving about his, his um, just talking how smart he is, his preparation, he's able to see problems before they come, like that sort of stuff. We we know about his prep because how many times have we tried to talk to him? Well, but he has such top. he has such a regimen yeah. that he does. His preparation is above and beyond anything else that that, that happens during the week. I I have tremendous respect for Jalen Smith. Now where he gets where he gets into trouble is when he's asked to do too much. If now he's got to be able to cover big ranges of area. He has to get out in space, has to worry about, you know, covering a back, has Change to worry direction. about yeah, getting all yeah. the way to the sideline. He's not a sideline to sideline middle linebacker at this stage of his career. He's just not. After that injury at Notre Dame, it took a lot of that away. But what he does do is stuff gaps and rushing lanes. Now, there have been occasions, I think he's he may have, John. I don't know if you've got the number. I don't think he's got more than one missed tackle on the season. Yeah, I don't have that in front of me. Yeah. I can check. Yeah. I think I, he, as of a couple of weeks ago, he had none. He might have one now, maybe one. That's how good a tackler he is. His technique in wrapping up, and when he hits, he hits hard. The problem is, occasionally, teams will run a misdirection or the runner will cut back. And he's in the wrong gap. And he's in the wrong gap. Correct. That Bingo. Mm-hmm. That does happen on occasion. It's because <clears> he's so aggressive. Down, We talk about downhill runners. He's a downhill linebacker. I have him for three. One against the Texans, two against Dallas. Okay. Two against Dallas. I Again, I checked two weeks ago. I thought it was at zero. But that would it's still, that would it, fall in line. Good number. Good number. Good number. No doubt. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Rick is in Tampa. He's up next. Hey, Rick. Hey, hey guys. Hi. How's everybody doing? Paul, uh, uh, John's there. Who else is there? 
Lance, right? Yes. Everybody's there. Right? Hey, listen, first of all, let me... Get off speaker, guys. Rick. Get off speakerphone, Rick. Get off speakerphone. Please. All right, okay, okay. I was going to say, Hold is he on. in the car? He all might right. be in the car. He sounds like he's on the yeah, pier. I'm driving now. I'm driving. <laughs> You're driving. I all knew right, it. He's on, in the he's in the car. Let me switch to the, my phone here. But hold on. Pull off. Right, no, 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 we don't want right, you to get no, stopped. Be safe. I don't want you to get to an accident. I know you were driving. Pull off. Get get to the yeah, side hey, of the listen, road. In Florida, listen, in Florida, you can do that. Hey, um, oh, I, <laughs> of course you can. Hey, <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, I'm doing my side job. I'm door dashing. All right, God. Are you hey, really? Jeez, Frank, you're funny. Yeah. So, hey, um, I'm usually by my phone. Hey, um, uh, first of all, you guys save some—you save some breath every day. You don't have to say the phone number. Everybody who listens to this show has it on their app or on there. The phone number is right there. You don't have—no one is writing down the phone number to call. Well, so Rick, you, you Rick, save, Rick, right, if right, you're right. in the car and you're listening to the show, you know what you can't do? You Look can't read the phone number to write it down. Yeah, well, apparently he can't because he can multitask, guys. <laughs> yes. So yeah. that's the wrong person to tell. I also don't want to murder yeah, no, people I'm... on the freeway. Yeah, so just... that's why yeah. you say the number, Rick. Go all ahead. Right, I, all right. And okay, we, all right, all we, right. we know how to host a radio show, Rick. Get to your Giants poll, okay. please. I know. I know. I'm just like, I hear it all. I was like, come on. It's right in front of our 201-939-4513. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Rick. <laughs> go, Can you go, say that go. one more time? Yeah. I didn't get it, John. 201-939-4513. And, right, and if you're right, out of state, make sure right. you dial that one before the area code as well, okay? Exactly. You know what? You, you, when you run Russ says it sometimes, he says his own phone number. Well, <laughs> that is true. Well, see, that's more of a reason why you should have a pen and paper hand. Because you never know. Have you tried calling him in the middle of the night, by the way? Hey, I have a question. My bold prediction in the beginning of the season was 10-7, and and, uh, man, it was looking great. And now um, my one question is, is 10-7, and will that get the Giants in the playoffs? Yes. Question number one. It will. I agree. Yes, definitely. Okay. Now, to find those extra, these three wins is looking to be almost – is going to be difficult. I listen to you guys all week long, and the way you lay out player versus player and defense versus defense, Washington versus Giants, there's no way we can win this game. What do you and mean? The only way, no, but the way you're saying is that Washington has the edge in every category. It seems to be. Now, well, now hold on a second. Let me just say that I, I really, I'm, I hope my key to victory for the Giants, I think, it has to be Heineke's. Um, he likes to take chances a little bit, yep. and he's done that in the past where he'll do a, two or three interceptions. If, if he takes chances, um, we could beat them, but I, I, I'm concerned. I think that's uh, – my concern is the way Daniel Jones played last week and the way Saquon Barkley has been playing. He has not been the same. Now, I want to, I'm going to say this is my second question. If they continue to play like they did last week and the week before, I'm talking Saquon and Daniel Jones. Uh, is it going to be, A, just a product of not having the offensive line and not having the wide receivers? Or is this going to be something in the next couple of weeks where they may rethink the Giants being uh, uh, shown and uh, the leadership uh, of, of keeping Barkley and keeping Daniel Jones? Is this something <clears throat> that they may consider if it goes a couple of weeks into this? Or do we say they need receivers? Rick, and, Rick, 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 first yeah. of all, timeout, timeout. What do you mean yeah. rethink? Like there's still six games left in the year. It's not like they like. It's not like they like made decisions already, and then they have to rethink them. You you make you you think during the year. Rick, I want to take you back. A f- rewind your 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 comments just here a bit, okay? okay? This will be the Giants' best collective group of five offensive linemen on the field at one time for the first time all season. Now it isn't a new combination, but the talent level, yes. This agreed. is their best five. Agreed. Okay. So so have some faith in the best five and have some faith in Daniel Bellinger coming back to help block off the edge in that running game. If 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 you simply want to look at this group of of six, call them a group of six, five plus one, there is no reason why Barkley should not be able to give you a Saquon Barkley performance. I understand Washington's defense, but the Giants Showed in the first half of the season. Barkley's got four 100-yard games. Let's not forget that. He's got four this year. One was against miserable Houston a couple weeks back. But he's got four on the season. And one was against miserable Chicago in week four. Uh, that's a ways ago. <laughs> no, I'm, but I'm, well, no, but the caliber of the competition. That's what I'm saying. But this is, is also, drastically different this is also the best six that they can put in front of him. 
I this agree. is the best six yeah, on the roster. Here's the thing, Paul. I'm not blaming Saquon on the offensive line in a lot of ways. If you go and you watch, you no, watch. you're not. But Rick was asking uh, about the O line. Right, I got I'm you. saying this is the best group no, you've seen. 100. percent And Rick, by the way, we I, I said this yesterday. There's no talent deficiency in this matchup. Like you line up these two rosters side by side, they're not much different. Like there's strength and weaknesses on both sides, they're but both middleweights. You're not looking or at, super middleweights. You don't if look you at Wash. It's not like Dallas last week, and you're like, you know, well, Dallas's talent might just take over, and then you're in trouble. Yeah. That that that's not what you're looking at this week. Like yeah. if the Giants play a better brand of football than Washington on Sunday, they are going to win the game. It's not like Washington's rolling out a much better roster here. Rick, to to simplify it for you, you Thanks said call, you said about the ways teams can win. To simplify this into the Parcells' paths to victory, which I do every single week behind the scenes, there are several for the Giants and there are several for Washington. Yep. There is not an imbalance here. Like like last week against last Dallas. Last week, the seesaw was unbalanced. It was basically, you better run for 175 or you're not going to win the game. Yeah. <laughs> there was like four paths for Dallas and one for the Giants. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not an imbalance here. No, well, this, is, not... this is like a toss-up game. It yeah, really is. Well, I mean, just look at the spread. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's almost zero. Go ahead, Lance. No, I was going to say, there's not a huge separation between these teams. So I think it's very different than the Giants-Cowboys matchup on Thanksgiving. But, you know, once again, the Giants, to Rick's point, I mean, they do need to straighten out their rushing attack, and they need better production in that department, especially the explosive plays, which I've been referencing the last few weeks. So, And by I the way, Lance, real quick, Brian Dewey made that point. To, was it David that made that point today? Where they haven't, well, they haven't run the ball as well. The big one is they haven't gotten those big gains in the run yeah. game. When's the yeah. last Barkley explosive run we've seen? It's been a well, long time. Well, the Jaguars time. game is yeah. what I would point to. When they had right. nine runs for 10 yards or more. They've only had 11 of those kind in the last few games. And how many have 20 yards or now, more? Probably none, uh, None, right? I yeah. would say. Right. I don't think they've had any 20 yards. But runs. this game should lend those circumstances mm-hmm. towards Barkley because I don't think Washington's going to be able to pull away. And as long as the yep. game is tight and close, you can stick with it. You right. No, you right. can continue to have patience. Hammer at the rock. Hammer at the rock, and that's when Barkley breaks one. See here, I, I agree, Paul. But he, I think here's where I've gotten to with the run game, and this is how I'm thinking about it now. I like to get your guys' take on this, and I've always kind of been of this opinion: if a team wants to dedicate enough people to stop the run, they can. You can stop the run. I don't care how good your offensive line is. I don't care how well your tight end blocks. I don't care how good Saquon Barkley is. You could put eight if guys I, in a box if you want. You go back and you watch, and I thought it was it was very educational to watch this. And I talked to the Giants running backs coach about this today off to the side. And, and, I, and we were discussing it, and I said, you know, you watch those couple consecutive plays you ran in the third quarter when you had Barkley and Brightwell on the field at the same time and you used Barkley as a decoy. He ran some jet sweep motion. There was a fake pitch to him mm-hmm. on another play, right? Just watch the Cowboys linebackers and safeties <laughs> – as Barkley moves, it is like like a magnet, right? Like a like a, that's a great way to put it. I was gonna say like a hurricane is pushing the defenders in Barkley's direction, but yes, it's like there's a magnetic attraction. It's a great way to put it, Paul. And they're just following Barkley. You want know, a guy Brett ran for twelve or thirteen yards? The entire defense was going in the opposite direction. And to me, teams have just decided, and it took them a few games to figure this out. That you know what? If the Giants beat us with the passing game, whatever. And this is something, it was either Brian Dable or Mike Kafka talked about it last week. You know, the Giants started with a bunch of play-action passes and rollouts against Dallas on their first drive, and it led to a field goal, right? And it worked. And we've seen that on a lot of first drives this year, where they've gone with a lot of misdirection, play-action, to try to get defenses to relax against the run. And I think early in the year, teams did that. 
Now they're saying, oh, you guys want to do that all game? Okay, have fun. Good luck. We're going to stop Saquon Barkley, and if you beat us another way, we're going to tip our cap. And until the Giants can show that they can win a different way, these teams are all going to put so many resources into stopping Saquon Barkley that no matter how well the Giants block it, yeah, maybe you'll get three yards a carry instead of two yards per carry, something like that. It's just going to be very, very hard to just live on that run game the whole way. But you're right. If you keep doing it, you might eventually break one. That is true. I'm not going to argue with that point. That's fair. The the one small hiccup that I have with what the Giants have done philosophically with their offense as we've gone through the season points to what you just said a second ago. I thought we might see more of Breida and Barkley in the backfield at the same time. I really did. And furthermore, I also thought, based on what we saw during training camp, and you were here too every day, you got to see it as well, there were so many more times that they would send Barkley out in motion and put him. they put him in the slot, they put him in the boundary, and he was going downfield. And so he would line up maybe in a one-back or in a two-back with Breida, and then all of a sudden he goes in motion, and now the linebacker's got to trail him. Right. Imagine what is a defense going to do? Coordinator says, all right, on this play, we're calling seven or eight in the box. We're going to stuff Barkley. Well, all of a sudden, Barkley goes out wide to the boundary. You imagine the kind of confusion that that's going to cause? Well, maybe not even confusion, just what's your matchup? And, and for some reason... I don't know why. Maybe that's my fault for not asking anybody, certainly privately. I wouldn't ask it publicly because they're not going to tell me. Of course. But I I saw that in training camp, and I'm not seeing it at all during the course of the regular season. And I think that's one of the ways you can get a defense discombobulated or at least throw them off balance. No, I buy that. I'll buy that. They we only saw had, They have only had a 27-yard run. Over the last four games, that was against the Texans. That's their longest run. Everything wow. else yeah. has been They'll in the it. teens, and their volume clearly has not been high because, as I mentioned, there's only been 11 runs of 10 yards or more in the last four weeks compared to nine alone against Jacksonville. So that has to change. And as far as your point about they have to show that they can win another way, I've been saying that the entire season. No, I, I said eventually yep. it's going to come where the Giants, people are going to take away the run, and the Giants need to discover a new identity. And that's what I've been emphasizing. And we've gotten a little bit of a taste to that. Let's see what moves forward here, especially as they play divisional foes. And the Eagles have had their fair share of issues in stopping the run. Washington, I think, has been a little bit more consistent. But, you know, right now the ball's in the Giants' court yeah, but Lance, to for adjust example, accordingly. Dallas last week is a perfect example. What was Dallas's big weakness heading into that game? They rush defense. Mm-hmm. Sure. They got torched two weeks in a row by Chicago and, and Green Bay. But Dallas said, all right, stuff it. We're stuffing you. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if you commit, and by the way, I agree. I think Daniel Belgian's return is even more important than Nick Gates at left guard. I think he makes a big impact in the run game. I think it's a huge deal. And Neil. Yeah, and Neil too. But I don't know. To me, I, I have to, it's been, even the Texans game, I know they ran for 150. It took like 40 carries to get there. Yeah. I mean, I've been vocal about this much more than any of the rest of us. But, John, again, you were at camp as much as I was. We were both there every day. And you and I both know that there are things that they have collected dust on that they showed us in July and August, especially with the backs, some of the screen passes, some of the misdirection, some of the trick plays. There's a bunch of stuff that we saw. You'll go back in your notes. Look, you can't. We, we never know. saw them. I mean, you can't. You it's could, it's time to break them out, you John. You use them once, and maybe neither they save some. Well, I think they've been saving some some things over the first couple of months of the season, but damn it, it's time to break them out and now. We saw it last week with the stuff with Brady in the third quarter. We finally so. saw a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time, time to break out anything else that you've got left I mean, that's got dust. Break <clears throat> it out. You can only use it once, and you can only use it so many times in a game. I get it. Plus, so, well, I was just going to – the other thing no, to keep in mind is they're playing Washington twice in the span of three weeks. So do you Got to get the first stuff? one, though, Lance. No, I know. Listen, they're can't, both Can't important. hold back. Got to get the first cute. one. But I just wonder if that influences where they want to go in this first game, knowing that – Washington is not going to be too far And away Washington, from by the way, matchup. does not have a game between the two Correct. matchups. No, they're they don't. Lie, yep. so. No, they don't. Yeah. But but if you don't get this first one, you are mega behind the eight ball. Yeah, I, no. I'm, I'm emptying I'm the chamber. Paul. I mean, I don't know if you have to empty the chamber, but but you certainly have to use some of your best bullets. You damn well better. 2-1. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, 9-2-9. Nine, 
401-939-4513. One more time for Rick. 201-939-4513. Cliff is in New York. Cliff, what's going on? Hey, guys. Thanks for all the stuff. Uh, great stuff today. Um, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, I think the arrow's pointing up again. It hasn't for a few weeks. Uh, I, I didn't realize, uh, I, I sensed uh, that we had taken a step backwards in the Jacksonville game, and it didn't occur to me till weeks later that that had everything to do with losing uh, Neil and Bellinger in the same game and probably had a lot to do with how they almost drove down and won the game at the end because it put too much pressure on the defense to be on the field too much when we lost those guys. And, well, the penalties and didn't help is, on that last drive either. Cliff, no, not no. Me. Well, but the penalties maybe were a reflection of uh, being at a disadvantage, you know. Um, so um, my question is, uh, with, with you know, they teach us that when guys come back from injury, don't expect them to be 100%. There's something called football shape and football game shape, which is different than practice shape. So my question is, um, can we get, what, what do you think we can get out of Neil and Bellinger on Sunday? And, and also, I'm very intrigued by the new m- matchup we have going for us on the left side with uh, Gates and Feliciano with uh, the similarity and the personalities there intrigues me. Uh, I think that can really be something. And, and have they had enough time working together? to get something going and being next to Andrew, I mean, all of a sudden it looks like it could be an awesome line. Go ahead, Lance. Well, keep in mind, Cliff, I think you sort of answered your own question in terms of the time. When Gates came in, he came in because Feliciano was out. So clearly they have not had much time, if anything, with the configuration of, let's say, assume it's Feliciano at center and Gates at left guard. So that's extremely limited, other than whatever they're going to get in in practice this week, assuming they move forward with that configuration. And Andrew Thomas, he actually was asked about this, I believe it was earlier this week. He's played next to so many different left guards at this point, I don't think it's going to bother him. I mean, I lost count, guys, at this point, that how many left guards, right? Musical chairs over there. It's unbelievable how many different guys he's had to play next to. So that's not a concern, but I don't think there's a lot of substance between the reps for Feliciano and Gates next to one another because Gates has been the main fill-in for Feliciano. So I think that answers that. With At respect- least, Lance, by the yeah. way, Feliciano has been full in practice all week, and so was Gates. So right. hopefully they got a ton of reps this week in practice. So And listen, they're both veterans. So I think that bodes well. It's not as if you're throwing a rookie into the mix or somebody that doesn't have a lot of game experience. Feliciano's had experience at guard. He's had experience at center. And Gates has played all five positions. So that maybe bodes well for them. But I'm talking about next to them yep. in a game setting. That has not happened to, for them to be able to lean on other than a few of the practice reps over the course of these last few days. Correct. And how about Neil and Bellinger being in game shape? Bellinger should be fine. Uh, we were talking to Andy Bischoff today, and he made the point that he's been in the weight room, he's been running, and he also made the point that he seems much sharper, too, with four weeks yeah, of mentally. mental reps. So yeah. uh, I think Bellinger will be fine. Neil will see. I mean, these offensive linemen are used to playing a bunch of plays. You know, you might get some fatigue later in the game. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I I can't imagine they're going to rotate him in an all, on and off the field. Let me put it that way. If he no. plays, he's going to play all the snaps. And, and remember, it's always easier to run Thanks, block than pass block. And, and you want to be the aggressor in this situation. The adrenaline will be flowing. As long as Neil can pop off the ball and hit guys and just use his physicality. And again, that's the side. That's the side where Smith-Williams will be playing if he's going to be their, their starting end. I, I'm, that's yeah, the, we, that's the weakness. Correct. That's the weakness of this Washington front. So, you know, Neil doesn't have to play at an all-pro level to beat Smith-Williams. Now, of course, they might drop a safety on that side. Then you're low on numbers, and you have unblocked guys. So, again, we'll have to wait and see how Washington decides to defend that. Brian of North Carolina, he's up next. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. Uh, I was just calling. First of all, I'd say I'm a longtime caller uh, and listener. Thank you. Not Great. caller. So sorry. Longtime listener. <laughs> That's uh, good. I, li- I like to refer to you guys as my brothers from another mother, you know. Okay. So, I'll take and that. I, and I've agreed. uh with uh, with all of you guys, um, my question is uh, about uh, Galladay. Um, after this year, how long are we uh, contracted, or or how, how is this contract up after this year? He has one year left, Brian, but it's structured in a way that they can let him go. There will be some dead money, but there will also be some cap savings. So there is an out after this year. Okay, awesome. And my my last little comment is. 
I'm so uh, uh, happy with this year. I mean, we, we were competitive all year. Uh, so if, if we lost every game afterwards, which I pray we don't, but if we did, I'm satisfied with this year. And uh, I'm also uh, satisfied with the uh, new administration that came through. And I'm so glad that we're not getting Odell Beckham or even trying to get Odell Beckham. I feel like he stays too hurt too too often. Has a decision so, uh, been made that we didn't no, see? Yeah. I mean, he did visit yesterday. We, he visited here yesterday. He visited, apparently he visited Buffalo today, and he's visiting Dallas on Monday. It, it hadn't been made. You're correct. I'm so sorry. What I'm saying is, I hope we don't go that route. I hope we start off fresh. I like to go through the draft and uh, and build that way. But thank you for your, uh, taking my call. I hope you guys have a great rest hey, of your day. And Brian, thank you, you too, so much enjoy. for listening. By the way, a few people have sent in uh, Spotify sends out their like yearly summaries on how many minutes you've listened have to you different seen podcasts. Those? Yeah, pretty good, right? It's nice. Yeah, yeah. we, thank we you. appreciate. Seriously, guys, and I'm I'm being completely honest. We had a meeting on what was it Wednesday, Pearson Thursday, Wednesday morning, whatever it was, and they went through our podcast numbers. If we have a good December, we will literally double our listenership from last year. Which and that's after going up thirty five percent the year before. So well, it's just thank you to everybody. No, sir, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there that listens for 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 being a patron of our content. We really appreciate that. I, I do have to say that if they win Sunday, they will double last year's win total as well. <laughs> and by the way, that wow. might have something to do with it. I understand that. Okay. <laughs> just to be fair. Synonymous with one another. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure our draft content won't do quite as well because we're picking in the twenties instead of picking at five and seven. How true. Yeah. Which is which is fine, which is great. Uh, 201-939-4513. Folks, we have a couple open lines, by the way, if you want to get in uh in these final ten minutes. Let's go to John in Cape Cod. Uh John, what's going on? Good afternoon, guys. Uh, listen, before we start, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate the quality of the show you guys put out. And the reason You're very I kind. say that. Thank you. I, well, it's true. Uh, you know, I don't speak BS. I'm too old. Uh, I stopped watching the NFL channel shows because aside from the limited amount of Giants coverage, it seems like the only two guys that you ever get the real truth out of is Boomer Esiason and our guy Phil Sims. And, you know, I know they're covering a the whole league, but it's it's not sports, it's entertainment. Well, John, it's, you know, it, it's a shame you said that because I was considering when we get back on video, I was going to dress Paul in a different costume for every show and have him come out and, like, <laughs> and like do skits every week. No, Paul? Well, let Paul. Are you not down for that? Paul. Let Paul, Whatever yeah, it let takes. Paul, let, let Paul have let Paul have the Phil Sims head though. <laughs> Every week we could, we could pick a different famous Italian in world history and have there Paul dress go. up as that guy. It'd be great. Yeah. That'd be very cool. Oh. Up up first, Chaz Palmateri. <laughs> 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 I was gonna, I was gonna go like like Leonardo da Vinci. Or yeah, I thought like we were that. gonna go with more <laughs> yeah. historical figures, and you pick the actor. Yeah, of no course, of course he does. Yeah, I love so Chaz. I no, I'm not saying Chaz is a bad guy. It's just I think John was referencing yes. historical figures, like, as in people that actually put their stamp yes. on the history of the world. You mean and like you, people who are of similar age of me? Is yes, what that's you're really correct. Saying. Yes, that's correct. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yes. Older, older. I'm like the older. I'm like the older brother. You know, of all the guys coming off injury this weekend, to me, the most interesting and, and exciting one is getting Bellinger back. And I've said this since they drafted him when I first first time caller way back in the in the spring. Uh, what for whatever reason, a lot of the Giants' karma disappeared when he went down, and he was an integral part of that offense. And Jones trusted him, and he was worked into their playbook, and I think it's going to be a huge difference for the team having him back in the lineup. All well, right, John. Thank you for the call, pal. We talked about it the other day, John, when uh, we were here with Russ on Wednesday. You really felt Bellinger's value once he was out of the lineup. And to Maybe me, uh, before that you didn't feel it as much, but then you saw it. I know a lot of Giant fans will probably disagree with me, but for me, I, I see it in the run game. Yeah, he caught some passes, mm -hmm. but they were – they were schemed up things. It's not like he, they right. were putting him in option routes and he's beating guys and getting separation. You know, he's booting off a of play action. He's, you know, leaking out on a on a boot mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. Some of the misdirection he benefited from, too. Misdirection. No question. Thank you. 100%. Yeah. No question. I, again, I don't want to take anything away from him. He made those plays and he did a good job with that. But to me, 
the fact, and I tried to get to that Andy Bischoff today. He wouldn't bite on it during I the know. interviews. And I, I should, and afterwards, I'm like, damn, I should have just asked him on the side. But, <laughs> and I basically said, you know, Andy, if you look at the numbers, and I'm not sure if I did this with you all in the week, or maybe it was Howard, since Bellinger's gone out, they went from like 30% 12 personnel to like 12%. Significant. Like, and their 11 personnel is up to like, since Bellinger's been out, over 70% of their snaps. And this is not a team that's, you know, having an overflow of wide receivers to be running a million no. of those guys out there. And Bellinger's ability to run block and also catch the football allows you to do, at least, in my, again, Andy wouldn't say this publicly, though he had a little grin on his face, so I think he agreed with out. me. Uh, but I think he allows you to do more things in, in your personnel packages and the way you use people that the other tight ends, who I think aren't as multidimensional as him, allows you to do. Look, I, I think when, when I first saw him here... And I said, he's Jake Ballard the second. That's what he's turned out to be. He's Jake yeah. Ballard. By the way, I, I need to clear this up. As we had a call on the show yesterday, right, Pearson? Somebody called up and said, Howard Cross said Daniel Bellinger now is a better blocker than he ever was in the NFL. And I did not hear the show, but I was confident enough to say, I promise you Howard Cross did not say that on the air no when way. he was on with you There's last no week. Said no that. way. Because I explained to the caller, I go, caller, you don't understand. Like, Howard Cross would block like Bruce Smith and Reggie White one-on-one. -on -one. He was the best tight end blocker I have ever and, seen. And look, ever. And, and you can say a lot of things about Howard Cross. He does not underestimate his own ability very often. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Even if Bellinger was a better yes. blocker, that he still yes. would not publicly that admit is, that. That is correct. And That's I said, what you pretty much could say. 100%. So. And at the point, I said, look, maybe he said Bellinger was a better blocker as a rookie than he was. That's possible. I could see that. That's possible. But, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to clear, ask you if Howard had said that because it seemed very unlikely to me that Howard would have made that sort of statement. Can I also tell you I wouldn't let him say it. If he did say yeah. it, I would have had to fix it. It's kooky talk. That's how one it, of those statements that you need no context. I would have said that's a blatant lie. There's no <laughs> way. I don't even need to know what the conversation yes, was about. That, it's an absolute lie. That would have There's been no the equivalent of saying, you know, Lance was on the air yesterday, and he said LeBron's a better player than Michael Jordan. It's like literally the equivalent of yeah. that statement, or I know it's just I an agree. outright lie. I Not agree. Not happening. I agree. Not happening. Yes. <laughs> of course, even if it's true, Lance would never say it. Let's well, we know it's not stop, true, so stop, it doesn't matter anyway. Stop, okay, stop. Yeah, I so wish I'm glad I, you prefaced it that way. I so I, I wish I had a buzzer. I would have hit the buzzer. Okay. There. That was your fault. Okay, Paul. that's your very fault. good. That that's a demerit. I I claim guilt. Galileo, maybe. You go can, ahead. We can dress you up as Galileo. Maybe. All right, go ahead. Now? Next call. <laughs> the Pope, perhaps. Oh, no call. Okay. <laughs> 201-939-4513. Uh, if you call in the next thirty seconds, we'll try to squeeze you in. All right, guys. Let's just do keys to the game. Why not? For fun. Lance, why don't we start with you? Keys to the game for the Giants and Washington on on Sunday. Well, I think that they have to stop the Washington rushing attack. I would put that as the biggest priority because I think you want this to become a Taylor Heineke game. It was brought up earlier. He has had some interceptions. He's got seven touchdowns, five interceptions. I think Washington knows they don't want to put the game in his hands. So that, to me, is the biggest priority on defense. Stop the run. Make them have to throw the ball much more so volume-wise than they want to. And then on offense, can you find a way to manufacture offense and move the ball in the event the commanders do a good job stopping your rushing attack. It goes without saying the Giants need to run the ball. So I don't need to say that again. It's more of if Washington holds up what they've been doing over the last few weeks, which is containing the opposing rushing attack, can you manufacture drives where it revolves more on Daniel Jones throwing the ball? whether it be the tight ends of the wide receivers and can you get a few explosive plays. I mean, those to me are the two key blocks here as we enter this contest. Well, I'll get to you. I'm, I want to throw one stat out to support yeah. Lance for a second. You know, Haneke is what, five interceptions on the air? That's he does. What he's at. Yeah, not, five. It's, yep. it's not an eye-popping number. Picks in five of his six games, though. Right? Yep. Not, but still not an eye-popping number. Right. <clears throat> this is why I know you hate pro football focus. This is why I like pro football focus. Okay. They track turnover-worthy plays. Plays that he'll give you chances. You know, he throws a pass, it hits the defender in the face, and he drops it. He gives well, you guess chances. What? It doesn't go down as an interception, but that should have been an interception. So they track those types okay, of plays, and right? You're gonna you're gonna tell me he gives them chances. He gives you chances. So Pro Football I know Focus you ranks turnover-worthy play rate. So they take turnover-worthy plays divided by number of dropbacks. Okay, pass dropbacks. So okay. I filtered it out of quarterbacks with at least 100 dropbacks this year. Dropback to pass. So not a lot. Tyler Haneke leads the NFL with a 6.1% turnover-worthy play rate. They got it right! Number Good one. for them. They and, got it right. And by the way, this shouldn't surprise people. Number one's Heineke, 
And this is how you know the stat's good. Because it makes sense. Okay. One is Heineke. Two is Zach Wilson. Yeah. Three is Jameis Winston. Four is P.J. Walker. Five is Justin Fields. Six is Jared Goff. All of those guys, we watched them on film, and that's what they show you. And Josh Allen this year, who's taking a lot more chances, is actually yes. seventh, believe it or not. So Yeah, he's got a lot of red but, zone picks. Yes, yeah. I, I just wanted to back you up, Lance, that Heineke will give you opportunities. Paul, go ahead. Well, and see, and, and to me, that's the real question. Rather than, than answer what you said, John, I'd like to actually ask both of you guys yeah, questions. Go ahead. What do you have? Do we believe, collectively, the three of us, that if both running games get stymied, that the Giants' passing game, even with their Darth of depth at wide receiver, is enough to beat the Washington passing game. Yes or no? Well, if you do comparison-wise across the board, to me it comes down to Terry McLaurin is the best talent. Correct. If we evaluate the passing yeah, attack. Yeah, it's not so, close, right? Nope. So, yeah, it, correct. He wins by a very sizable disparity. So, therefore... I would feel a lot more comfortable if it does have to become a battle, to your point, of the aerial attacks, that the chances of McLaurin getting an opportunity for an explosive play or two is higher than any of the Giants receivers Totally combined. concur. But here's my, here's my counter to I'm that. I'm big time Jones over Heineke. Though. I think Jones is over Heineke. So I, does that balance that out? And frankly, Paul, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I, you know me. I don't like to sit on fences. I think it's a coin flip. I think it's a coin flip. I don't think... I think if you look at the way these two pass offenses have com- have compared this year, I think they're very, very similar. What might, what might make the difference? Jones as a runner on pass plays. Very true. He might be able to convert a couple of third and very fours true. and third and fives, scrambling out of the pocket. I talked about Washington uses a lot of twists and stunts if they leave a gap. Can he run for a couple of first downs that maybe Taylor Heineke can't? Though Heineke is fairly mobile, too. He's just not yeah, as yeah, mobile Heineke as Jones. Can plays, no, he so. can't. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So that's where I would go, and I do think Heineke well, is probably a little bit more turnover-prone as well. I so. concur. And that's the why th- And the quarterback has the ball in his hands on every play. The receiver doesn't. Totally fair. So I'm going to go with Jones and his passing game with a small edge. Yeah, you could also get, you could almost argue that Curtis Samuel's number two on that list too, which is the problem. He, I mean, him and Slayton are very different types of Depends players. Depends on if Slayton's, if Slayton's over yeah. his illness, yeah. I, I would put Slayton yeah. a, a well, number Well, Curtis two. is more versatile than Slayton. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. he is. He does more in terms of the backfield the interesting, and as a receiver. The interesting part is that both teams are not afraid to use their running backs in the passing game. Antonio Gibson, if he's healthy especially. He, he's very good at Lance, it. Lance, he's a college-wide receiver. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you were going to say that, something before, Lance. I'm sorry. No, what I was going to say was Daniel Jones has not taken off and run as much. No, he hasn't. That's what I was going to bring up. So The wrap is off his leg this that, week, though, Lance. The wrap is off his leg. He's had a wrap and a knee brace on for the last month. It's now off and has been off all week. I suspect he's feeling better. Well, we'll see whether or not he then... I don't think it's a matter of him not having the green light. It's just a matter of as the plate develops, does he say, oh, okay, I'm going to run. I'm going to take off. And here's the other thing. Maybe that burst is back too, though. It's possible. The other thing to take into consideration with respect to Daniel Jones as a runner, and we brought this up with John Kime on the latest Giants Huddle podcast, they're coming off a game in which they played the Falcons and Marcus Mariota. Oh, that's a good point. So there's, once again, I'm not saying they're identical, but you're going up against a team where the quarterback likes to run. And it worked out well. Mariota was successful against them. He was. But John brought up the fact, and I'm referring to Kime, not Schmelk, because you got to at least classify who we're referring to. On or Casillas, for that matter. Yes, or Casillas, too. <laughs> yes, as we add another John to the list. But Kime did mention, Paul, that he thought they adjusted in the second half better based on what they were doing in the first half. So I just wonder, a full game against Mariota, does that better prepare that defense for what they could anticipate Daniel Jones would be looking to do more given the fact that, as you mentioned, the brace is off his knee. All right, and this will be the final thing I say, and then we can wrap. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. The team that makes more bad plays in this game, and talking negative plays, penalties, turnovers, put them all in the same boat Mm -hmm. with turnovers being the most important. Don't mess up. Let this game come to you. Be patient. If you have to punt, punt. Daniel Jones, don't get antsy. Don't feel like you have to make a big play early in this game. You don't. (laughs) Washington's offense isn't good enough. You don't. Take what's there. Be patient. Don't make the big mistake. Try to win the war of attrition. And I think the Giants are a good enough team. And since they have the better quarterback, they're more likely to succeed with that strategy than Washington is. Mm -hmm. And that's how you need to play this game. It's going to be boring. (laughs) Fans will probably hate it. 
But I think that's the best way to go about trying to yeah. win this football Phrase game. I like to use, John, is play a clean game. Play a clean game. That's it. Play a better brand of football. That's it. It yep. may be a fast game, which is not a bad thing, considering that Atlanta game was, I think, done within three hours. Atlanta's already trying to get out of there. Well, I'm Friday. just saying, maybe, listen, if both teams run the <laughs> no, ball, you got to go to a locker room. Let's to move, go, John. Okay. That's, that's a good situation to be in. By the way, only, only an hour and a half. Post game on Sunday. Just FYI, guys. They have a Nets game that I got to get to an FAN. Oh, so just wow. keep that in mind. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us. Check us out. We're back with the pregame show on Sunday, 1130, WFAN, the Odyssey app. Check out the Giants Little Podcast. And I think there are still tickets available. Go to Giants.com slash tickets. There are limited seats if you want to go to the Legacy game on Sunday. Uh, red end zones, pennant giveaways, throwback, Paul Dottino in uniform, the whole deal. You'll have everything if you go to the game. And uh, you want Giants content, go download the Giants TV app. For Paul, for Lance, for Pearson, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Have a great weekend. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.